welcome to Gravedigger Radio Podcast, broadcasting live from the afterlife. Hey everyone, welcome to Gravedigger Radio, part two of Gang Stalking. Jason, you got a few announcements for us. Well, I wanted to give a big thanks to Wesley Gift, a friend and fan of the podcast, who, I mean, Zach, you, you genius bastard, somehow you've talked this guy into sending us free beer. Just putting out the podcast, man. He was like, I like what you guys do. He, like, I like when y'all drink on the podcast. I mean, if you've listened to Gravedigger Radio and you like it, you like when we drink on the podcast, because that's most of the episodes. Yeah. But no, he was gracious enough through our Buy Me a Coffee uh, system to buy us a couple beers. And if you guys want to buy us a beer, head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash gravedigger. And he can even request what kind of beer you want us to have. So for the beer that he bought us, he bought us some Guinness, Guinness. Nitro Cold Brew. Coffee. Co- it, it was a cold brew coffee. It was like a coffee beer. And we're drinking it and we're as drinking we speak. As we go. So, guys, I mean, it's pretty good beer. I recommend it. I don't even like beer. And I was like, I'll drink that. Well, you can't go wrong with Guinness, but... Um- Anonymous Mike, you're kind of the beer guy. You make your own, so what do you think? Well, it, actually, this is the first one of these I've ever drunk. I've always mm-hmm. kind of stayed away from it because I'm, I'm I'm kind of a purist when it comes to beer. I'm like, I don't want anything with coffee or anything. This is excellent. Yeah, it's coffee-infused Guinness. It's excellent. Yeah. Now, that you don't you do get coffee notes in it, but it doesn't taste like you're drinking a cold cup of coffee. It's mm-hmm. uh, The coffee's subtle. It, it seems like it's got some lactose sugar in it because there's a real heavy sweetness to it, but mm-hmm. it's Really, really smooth. It smelled a like a candy beer. bar when I was pouring it, it, it out for you it's guys. It's really, really good. Yeah, I don't like I said, I don't even like beer because I don't like anything bitter, and it wasn't nearly as bad as most beers. So no. it's perfectly balanced, as they say. It's perfectly balanced between sweet and hops. Yeah, it was it was delicious. So thank you so very much, Wesley. We really do appreciate that. The other big announcement that we have is that we are going to be at Scarefest 13 in Lexington, Kentucky. That's October 22nd through the 24th, and we're going to have a little something special set up out there for you guys. We're going to have our recording equipment going during the convention, mm-hmm. and we want our fans and just convention attendees to come up, sit down with us, and tell us your weird stories. If you have an experience with the paranormal, cryptids, UFOs, or just anything kind of weird and spooky that you want to talk about, come swing by our table and, and sit down with us and be featured on the show. We want to hear your weird stuff. The, the weirder, the better. Exactly. exactly. The weirdest stuff is going to make it into the, the main episode. <laughs> And then everything else we're going to put out as some kind of Patreon episodes, too, for our Patreon supporters. I want to see all the mentally disturbed people I possibly can come visit us. They're all here in my basement. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The the most mentally disturbed are on the show now and are on the show regularly. And, like, to brag on Scarefest a little bit, um, so this is year 13? I I believe so. I mean, I I know there's probably been some gap years there. Yeah, I don't know if they did it, like, last year during COVID and all that, but... It has kind of become, even though it's like tiny little lakes in Kentucky, it's become like the premier like horror and paranormal like investigation con throughout the United States. Originally, Patty Starr started it off. And Bruce Campbell is going to be one of the guests Bruce there. Campbell's coming, yeah. He's like the big guest, and I got to meet him a few years ago in uh, Knoxville. Yeah. And that dude is super cool. He's exactly like you see him in the, the movies <laughs> and everything and TV shows. So Patty kickstarted this thing. Patty was the original um, creator of Scarefest. I think she's sold off the rights to it since, oh, wow. but you know she's been on the podcast several times. So she got it started, and then it's blown up into this huge thing. 
if you're a big fan of like any of the big horror movie stars throughout the years, I mean, chances are that they've been a guest at some point or will be this year. So it's like a it's like a big deal. And it's not just horror movies either, though. It's it's cryptids, right. it's paranormal investigators, a lot of paranormal investigation. It's the the whole seminars, uh, the whole nine yards panels, everything you want. So we can't say enough good things about Scarefest. It's always a super good time, and yeah, we've gone as guests previously, so it's. Uh, it's just like 10 D's. Yeah. So it's going to be really cool to actually be part of the convention and go out there. And we're super excited to meet all of you guys. And, you know, even if you just don't want to be on the show, if you just want to come by and say hi and, yeah. you know, maybe buy a T-shirt or some stickers. We're or gonna have some swag, right? We're, we're going to have some mm-hmm. merchandise out by that time. And we'll have some merchandise on, you know, our Facebook page and everything. Or bring us beer. Or if you just want to bring us beer, we will <laughs> we will always take beer if you want to bring that to us as well. I don't know if that's allowed in the convention center. You may have to buy it there and walk it over. Or if you want to smuggle us some beer into the convention center. We'll take it whatever <laughs> form. Yeah, yeah, you could bring us in those Pespy cans. Pespy? Yeah, like the fake liquor thing. You put liquor and take it into concerts, and it says Pespy. Oh, it. I've never seen oh, that. Oh, no. we got to talk, Zach. No, I've, I've smuggled alcohol underneath my kilt before going into a... We've to, lived very different lives, we, guys. Clearly, <laughs> all of us come from different walks. No, I've used my kilt to smuggle in booze before and like had it strapped to my leg and everything going into a concert before, but I've never had the Pepsi. Oh, I totally Pepsi. drink alcohol that's been strapped to your leg for five hours in July heat. Uh, that's that's <laughs> where most of the flavor comes from, actually. <laughs> oh, good <geez>. times. <laughs> oh, we're, we have an episode coming up on Typhoid Mary. So uh, <laughs> Exactly. Typhoid Mary is coming down the pipeline for us, so that's a good lead but, in there. What was it? Uh, booth 129, which is right right off the main drag. I'll have to look. We'll get that yeah. as we get closer. I mean, this is until October, and these episodes will be out in June. Yeah, we're loud so. and annoying, so you won't have any problem finding this. Exactly. And, but it's going to be a really good time, and we really look forward to meeting all of you guys out there that have been fans of the yeah. show. Bring your stories. We want to focus on them on an episode of the podcast. Well, guys, let's get to this episode. I think people are tired of hearing us talk about beer and, and begging for money and everything. <laughs> so I'm Zach hanging out here in the studio with Jason and Anonymous Mike. That's every podcast ever, man. Come every, on, be yeah, real. Every, yeah, exactly. Begging for money. I mean, we're just panhandlers with technology at this point. So today we're going to be talking about the follow-up to our previous episode of Gang Stalking. We've got a little bit more science back into it and some actual real-life stories of people's experiences with this. Just to be goofy, to kind of like to get the conversation flowing, have you guys ever been stalked? Uh, like old-school stalking, like one-on-one kind of like crazy girlfriend or weird dude at work? Or yeah, like... in high school, actually. I really? Had a, I had a girl that was kind of my stalker. Like, she stood by so close and like she watched me put in like my locker combination and everything mm-hmm. to where she figured it out and she would leave me like notes in my locker and it kind of ramped up to like she left her bra in my locker one time <laughs> it was it was not wanted it was not wanted at all but no i've had i've had that occur it was it never escalated to anything really malicious more just really awkward just awkward crush kind of stuff yeah, yeah like like socially awkward just to the point of like really weird advances huh like, everywhere I'd go around the school, she'd be there. Actually, I had one when I was working doing the Comic-Cons and everything. I was in Nashville at the Walking Dead convention there. And this girl came in my booth, and she goes, Oh my god, I really love your art. I have to be your apprentice. I was like, oh, well, that's really sweet and everything, and I appreciate that. But Thanks, I, no thanks. Well, I told her, I was like, you know, I live pretty far away. And she goes, that's okay, I'll move. I was like, um, <laughs> um <laughs> what? <laughs> and so, uh, so I'm still trying to be nice because I was still pretty new to like dealing with people at the convention yeah. scene. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. But I just do this kind of for fun on the side. And I'm, I'm really not looking to have an apprentice or anything. And she gets this crazy wild eyed look in her eyes. She slams her hands down on my table, knocking shit over. And she goes, you don't understand. 
I have to be your apprentice. Okay. I was like, uh, ma'am, you, you have to leave. Security. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, so I mean, I've had, you know, like I said, nothing to the, uh, the equivalent of to where I thought very low frequency weapons were being pointed at me. And, and I think I, that I, would qualify as a low frequency weapon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a unique. That's a lot experience. of estrogen coming your way. <laughs> it was, I was not prepared for that. Like I had never had anything like that occur. But yeah, no, a couple, like, like I said, uh, I don't want to say harmless stalking because stalking is a crime and nobody should ever have to deal with that. Yeah, it's but, bullshit. But my experiences with it have not been anywhere near on par with, like, what I would consider real stalking. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've had a couple instances where it was like, Bill, this is kind of spooky. I mean, I've had a couple, like, inappropriate advances at work that were e- kind of easily dealt with, but that's about it. I have not lived the lives that you guys have lived, apparently. My problem is I'm pretty predictable, so I don't have people. I did have an ex girlfriend that would learn my schedule mm-hmm. and like you know, like my routine. I would go places, and she would make it a point to be there before me, so it made it look like I was following her. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! And it was like and try so like, that out sometimes. So like I'd go somewhere, like I'd go to the gym, and she would just be outside the gym, just like waiting, or like like she'd go in or something. I was like, um, like oh, you're here too, huh? Yeah, exactly. Like that. I was like, this is. I was like, you huh. don't even go to the gym. I was like, what are you doing here? She goes, I just thought I'd get into it. Yeah, like a mm. few days after we break up and you knew I was here regularly. Okay. You think we can get on in one of those family memberships? Right. Yeah, it's going to be something like that. Mike, you're a tall, good-looking drink of water. I'm sure you've had plenty of weird you know, stalking. I've, I've, I've had a couple of ex-girlfriends that were a little a little off. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say I don't think I've ever been popular enough that, that I've been stalked. I've never had to deal with anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then part B of that, most people that know me... If you truly are stalking me, that's not going to end well for you. <laughs> he's going to propose to you. That's how it's going to end for you. Right probably. There. Yeah. yeah, he's going to ask you to, for your hand in marriage. So, so come out to Scarefest. What a coincidence. I'm stalking you too. Right. Yeah. So come out to Scarefest. Be sure to stalk an honest Mike. He'll love it. He'll just, it'll make his whole day. It'll be the greatest thing ever for him. Oh, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I promise this episode will be a little bit more about some actual research into gang stalking phenomenon and uh, a few case studies where. You know, TIs, again, that's targeted individuals. That's a that's a term used in the community for people who believe they are being victims of gang stalking. They call themselves targeted individuals, TIs, so we've been using that. So how those cases worked out, we wanted to look at a few of those just as examples of the phenomenon. So unfortunately, and I think Anonymous Mike, you looked into this too, there's not a lot of real scientific studies like performed by psychiatrists or psychologists in the field that have looked into this as a new phenomenon, which I, I kind of believe it is a new phenomenon, kind of an output to the modern age. Yeah, the, the population and sample sizes aren't, aren't valid. Uh, they're too small. They're, they're very small. Yeah. So in 2015, um, doctors Lorraine Sheridan and David James, um, I believe they were at Curtin University down in Australia, they conducted an analysis of only 128 responses to a survey about stalking. Um, so again, 128 Kind of like to at least get to like the 500 level, wouldn't you? You know, 128 is, I mean, it's a valid study. Mm-hmm. It's not a tremendous number. It's but not you, nothing. But, but you can publish a paper on that. Yeah, which they did. And they concluded that 100% of those cases involving, you know, gang stalking allegations by multiple coordinated individuals, and that's the definition of gang stalking, simply reflected your run-of-the-mill DSM-defined paranoid delusion. And every study that I read, they're... they're conclusion was that there was a mental illness involved. I mean, they're, right. they're mentally ill. Right. So in contrast, when it comes to an individual stalking, like the kind of stuff we've been talking about just now, right, like some crazy ex or somebody that 
develop some weird attraction to you at a convention. Most of those are legit. Like, only 4% of those were bunk. Whereas 100% of the gang-stalking allegations were probably the result of some kind of psychological delusion. And, I mean, that makes sense, too, though. Because you think about an actual stalking situation, the people are able to, to a degree, identify a singular or small group, you know, maybe one or two perpetrators, mm-hmm. where it's actually occurring. And it's very small in scale. It's small in scale, and it's, it's very concrete. Yeah. This person is doing this activity. Right. Whereas gang stalking is very nebulous in its approach mm-hmm. of to where it's multiple groups and this one's, you know, this guy was sitting there reading the paper and he was watching me and this guy on the train. Like, it's it's very much they're able, like we've talked about in the previous episode, if you look for something, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. And they're very much able to just look at somebody's behavior and say, oh, this is why they're doing that and it pertains to me in this way. Mm-hmm. You have to look at it as, as investment on return. A, a TI that believes that they're being targeted. Look at the look at the group that's targeting and the efforts <laughs> that they would need to go to right. to make that happen. Right. Is it really worth the effort? And what did that person actually do to deserve that? Right. So in a nutshell, old school individual stalking is pretty common and legit. Gang stalking, as anonymous Mike just said, is pretty rare because why do they care about you? Why do the CIA want to look at me? Who the hell am I? That actually leads us really to the the next part of of the foundation of gang stalking and where this comes from, for at least some people. Mm -hmm. There's research on it saying that these people feel this way and and think this is going on as some sort of delusional need for meaning. Uh, Susan Clancy, a Harvard-trained psychologist who has researched people who believe they've been abducted by aliens, said it could be extremely difficult to dissuade patients who have latched on to beliefs that they think explain their delusions. Yeah, they cling on to stuff. Exactly. She says, I think it's a need for meaning and a need to understand your life and the problems you're having. You're and that's n- a comment. I mean, we all have that. You're right, exactly. To that's, some level. I mean, that's where the whole existential crisis Why comes am I from. here? All that stuff. She goes on to say, they, be- they feel the need to say, you're not some meaningless nobody. You're being followed by the CIA. <laughs> You've essentially become your own, you know, action hero mm-hmm. in-, in your own mind. She goes on to say claims of persecution defy credibility on several grounds. She says, first, there's the unbelievably vast extent of what's claimed. Fleets of black SUVs with tinted windows, persecutors in disguise on every street corner, and futuristic technology being deployed from God knows where. (laughs) Second, there's a lack of any obvious or credible motive for the persecution. Why would the CIA be devoting considerable resources to keep an average Joe under constant surveillance for years on end? She notes that paranoia and grandiosity, exaggerated sense of self-importance, often go hand in hand. And then third, the persecutory experiences continue regardless of attempts to relocate or escape, including when hospitalized in inpatient psychiatric wards and are contradicted by the acquaintances or family and friends living in close proximity. And so, by process of elimination, as well as recognition as a textbook case, paranoid delusions often offer the best explanation for gang-stalking claims. Without divulging too much personal information, I went into a field of study, got a master's in it, wherein I interviewed for positions with certain American agencies that do a lot of intelligence work, <laughs> and they do not give two shits. They have limit, very limited resources. They do not give two shits about regular Joes. Now, to back it up to last episode, which you all need to go listen to, if you're a U.S. diplomat functioning in Cuba or Guangzhou, China, you are a person of interest that a profound amount of government resources will be invested into learning more about or in screwing with. If you're Joe Blow living on 110 Main Street in your hometown, 
not only is the CIA, you're totally outside of their scope of influence, that would be the FBI, but they do not care what you're up to. So when these people come forth and they're just regular Joe Blows like us, and they're making these extraordinary claims that Anonymous Mike tapped into, no, nobody's looking at you. Right. And when we say does Anonymous, you know, Joe Blow, nobody, we're not even talking about just the regular rank and file member of society. We're talking about people that are, you know, doctors and lawyers yeah, as well. Yeah, there's, there's gazillions of doctors and lawyers. We and, can't look at them all. And the FBI and the CIA does not give a single shit. They do not. You got more problems with the IRS than you, <laughs> you do the FBI. Well, but going back to that, though, I need to make a correction about the previous episode. The I, I claim that there was a surgeon uh, in Oklahoma, Arizona. Uh-huh. It was actually an anesthesiologist in San Antonio, Texas. Well, still a very professional yeah, level. Yeah, still, still a high level. Oh, an anesthesiologist yeah. is a very high level medical practice. That needs to be a trustworthy person in your life. <laughs> well, his name was John Hall. Okay. And in his 2009 book, A New Breed, Satellite Terrorism in America, he gives an account of being a target individual. He claims that agents have bleached his water and bombarded him with voices making murderous threats. However, he is, like I said, he's even been brought up by the Texas Medical Board over mental fitness to retain his license. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's self-induced. It's self-induced a lot. Of the other one, too, that I came across when I was doing this was an attorney named Myron May. Uh, and he believed that he was being a target individual. And in the fall of 2014, he quit his job as prosecutor in New Mexico, and then he traveled to Florida. So this guy's a JD. He's got a law degree. Yeah, he's a he's a big time dude. Okay, you can stop. He went to Florida. It's over. Right. Yeah. What's that was <laughs> Florida man? It's over. <laughs> that was the issue. He went down to Florida to become the Florida man. <laughs> well, it does take a very dark turn though. While he was in Florida, he videotaped a testimonial about how gang stalking had ruined his life. And I actually watched a little bit of this video, and it's it's worth looking up because I mean, oh. he is feels, it cringeworthy? It's more sad. Oh. It's it's more sad. Oh, I can't do that because he. You can tell he believes that this is actually going on. It's about an hour long. I only made it to about twenty thirty minutes of it. Wow! But you can actually kind of watch his sanity just actively fraying throughout the video. And he starts it off by saying, "As you can see right now, I am totally not crazy." <laughs> Which, to me, that's a red flag. <laughs> red flag. <laughs> he lays out his case and describes an episode at a gas station where he believes somebody in dark glasses was mimicking his movements. It was really creepy, he said. Everything I did, he did. Is this the Florida State guy? It may be. Yeah. Uh, not, I think so. And later in the video, he prays for forgiveness for his future sins. Yeah. Father, he says, right now I ask that you look down on all the target individuals across the globe. Help them to cope with this madness. On November 20th, 2014, Mr. May walked into a library at Florida State University, where he had graduated in 2005, shooting three people, leaving one paralyzed. He dared the police to kill him, then fired in their direction, before being fatally shot. This is bad business. This has potential to go really dark, and that's not the only case we'll get to of a violent encounter as well in this episode. A lot of these TIs report concerns in their gain-stalking testimonies, if you will, that just kind of reflect common symptoms of, of severe mental illness, um, the auditory hallucinations, you know, the hearing voices inside their heads and everything. Um, I mean, that, that that's kind of a hallmark of schizophrenia. And, you know, they believe that this could be the result of some kind of alien implant or some kind of government implant. I mean, good God, in their own time of, of, of COVID vaccinations. I mean, again, I, I don't like to get too personal on the podcast, but uh, my wife deals with a population that won't get vaccinated because they don't want to be implanted with government tracking information. 
Well, and it's and it's not just you know your more at risk populations that are are risks for this too. Mm-hmm. There's actually many in the targeted individual community that are convinced that Aaron Alexis, who killed 12 people at the Washington Navy Yard in 2013, was a victim of gang stalking and a lot of these gang stalking techniques. Yeah, I remember that case. Uh, he was a former sailor, and he left behind a document accusing the Navy of attacking his brain with extremely low-frequency electromagnetic waves. Mm-hmm. On the side of his shotgun were etched the words, My Elf Weapon. ELF, I just, last episode. Oh, ELF, I swear I read that as Elf, like the mist. Oh, I like, thought he played D&D or something. I, I was thinking, <laughs> Which is the root of no, all like evil. extremely low frequency. Well, I read that so many times and it didn't break it down as an like uh, an acronym. Yeah. I, I literally thought he had written on the side of his gun, my Elf shotgun. I No, he's not a <laughs> D&D ranger. <laughs> no, I, I mentioned that in the first episode about gangs talking, ELF, extremely low frequency. Yeah, well, when you said ELF, I, it didn't even register to me because I'm such a big fucking nerd yeah. that I read ELF without it being broken and, down and thought that it was my elf weapon, like he was out there killing elves. Honestly, that almost warrants an entirely another like small episode for us about like frequency communications because that's a thing common in the United States where people hear these low frequency sounds like projected wide scale across like states mm-hmm. that affects the, their physical and mental well being, which is impossible, by the way. Yeah, well, well, that's what they think. What makes it impossible? You're you're good down. Elephants can do it and whales can do it. You're good down to about twenty about twenty five hertz or so. Like they call it the hum. Mm. And they just always hear it. And it you drives them drives them crazy. Your ears don't detect it. You can feel it if it but it's right. gotta be of some great coming okay, the reason being I was an old car stereo guy from way back and <laughs> learned all of that stuff. You're good down to about about 25 hertz, which is, you know, low, but they're talking ultra low frequencies, 5 hertz, 2 hertz, you know, one oscillation a second. You can't hear that. You can feel it, but it has to be of incredible intensity. And, and we don't have equipment that even reproduces those types of sounds. Maybe you can't hear it, and maybe you can't even feel it, but can it affect you at some weird level that's maybe even imperceptible? You're talking about science that's way outside the norm. Well, as a liberal arts major, um, I know screw all about science. <laughs> but you are one quick-witted son of a gun catching the ELF comment. Yeah, I, I mean, gotta get. I gotta give you props, well, man. But I'm kind of with Jason though, just because you can't like you don't register that you're hearing it. I mean, it's kind of the same concept in my mind though. Is like you know, if the power goes out in your house, there's so mm-hmm. much background noise that you don't even register that you're hearing. All the time that like it's it's painfully quiet, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. you you notice more the absence of sound uh-huh. than you ever noticed those sounds when they were ongoing. Because mm-hmm. like I know if I've walked into my house and the, say the power went out, there's a power outage or something. Like it is just that still silence that I'm. It's it's unnerving almost. You know, it really falls back to the simple physics of of sound. How do you recreate a low frequency? A you have to move air. And to be yeah. move air, you have to create a very large speaker that pushes back and forth against a voice coil and a magnet to move that air in that oscillation. If you want to produce sounds of five hertz, you have to move back and forth five times a second. It takes an incredibly large, powerful device to produce frequencies lower than what we typically hear in our typical, you know, stereos. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not plausible, guys. I mean, this is, you know, you see Jeep mounted stuff. Like, I remember the Incredible Hulk movie where they, you know, attacked him with the, the sound and he grabbed the car door or whatever and blocked it. None of, none of that crap at these low frequencies is really, it's not, it's possible, I guess, but it's not feasible. Well, now, they do have, like, crowd dispersal weaponry. 
Uh, you're, talk, is, you're talking high frequency. That's high frequency. Annoying, so everybody can hear that. Well, what's interesting, though, is that those are so heavily, they can be he- so heavily targeted, is that you could be standing off to the side and you don't even hear it, but if you're in front of it, it'll make your ears bleed. Ew. I mean, you know, I don't know if it'll necessarily do that, but I mean, it's an ear-splitting noise. You ever stood in front of a megaphone? Yeah. Sure. Same same concept. Same concept, just a different yeah, frequency. Just higher, higher voltage, we're, higher wattage. So what, what, if anything, could be accomplished, and we're talking about the ELFs, like, what, if anything, could be accomplished on the human psyche by projecting that? I think there's something to be said, but I think it's more of like magnetic field kind of thing. Or is it merely something that you can register at some misunderstood or under-understood <laughs> level that would just drive you batshit crazy over time? I think it's going to be something more that you don't register it being there, mm-hmm. and it's going to slowly drive you crazy, kind of like uh, you know people that are in high levels of electromagnetic fields. Notice, right. notice weird psychological impacts from that constant electromagnetic field. It's not something that they ever notice, but it is having an effect on their body. That's why a professional paranormal investigator will go through the property with an EMF gauge to find those spikes in the EMF field. Mm-hmm. And that can explain away a lot of those hairs ticking up on the back of your neck kind of sensations or the cold chills, because you can feel that without knowing what you're feeling, and you have to eliminate that to make a clean environment to do a paranormal investigation. I have a certification, by the way. (laughs) I don't know if I mentioned that. (laughs) So I definitely think there is, to a degree, something to the science behind some of these claims. Because, I mean, there's been demonstrations that there are, you know, different frequencies and different things that can have effect on your body just based on the way sound moves. Mm-hmm. And But it really may have to do with the intensity. The intensity. Instead of, of just the free. We're exposed to the entire frequency of, of the human hearing constantly. Yeah. You know, what, what they call white noise and pink noise basically is a 20 to 20K. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that we could possibly hear. We can hear that all day without any effect, but it it's really toxicity is all in the dosage. As, exactly. As you learn mm-hmm. medically. And, and I think that's possible that you know, there may be something psychologically that can affect you. Just the, what is the example? Uh, when we invaded, we invaded, when we um, harassed Panama. Uh. What was, was it Noriega? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> where they were trying to get him to come out and they bombed him with rock music. With the Iran Contra scandals. Well, well they did that in, in Iraq as well, just playing like heavy metal 24 7. They did that too. Psychological yeah. warfare. Yeah. So, that, you know, maybe there's something to that. Am I crazy because I cannot sleep at night without a white noise machine? Oh no, I have to have a fan. I, it can't be too Fan's quiet. Fan's fine. Me. Yeah, yeah. If it's too quiet, I can't sleep. So yeah. I, I get that idea. I can if I'm tired enough, but but yeah, I like to have a fan. And I have anxiety issues. If there's if I'm in dead silence, and I mean if the cat farts, <laughs> bam, I'm awake, sure like on. investigating the house. I'm like, gotta check it all out. I'm like, what's going on? Like, and then until I figure that out, I can't go back to sleep. So maybe you're like a reverse targeted individual. You <laughs> self targeted individual. Self targeted. You have gang stalked yourself. Great A bet you crazy. I was gonna say you you need someone to come gang. <laughs> I am the you. gang. <laughs> <laughs> you need someone to employ uh, very low frequency weaponry against you for a quality of life. Yeah, that could be true. I mean, that may be the case. But no, as we wrap up here. The gang stalking thing—it's—it's you know, a rabbit hole you can fall down. Again, I don't want to poo-poo it because these things do exist in the world. The technology is there, but is it really happening to you? And to me, to me, I mean, no. It, it's obvious the Russians put forth great effort in these types of things. Yes, but then again, if they fail, just going to pop you with some rice and then right. So, like for the diplomats and for people that are actually high value people that matter. 
Right. The people that matter harsh, to, but you know to global I mean. functioning. Yes. I think, I absolutely think that these things have occurred. I mean, there's, there's documented cases going back to the, you know, for as long as time immemorial, people doing things against diplomats and everything. But to the average, you know, person working at Starbucks, I don't think that they're the target individuals. I definitely think this smacks a lot more of groupthink and psychological illnesses and playing off of one another and, and driving right. each further. One, one of the studies down. that I read actually said that these the forums and these things that exist, you know, on the internet for all of them to get together actually feed into the paranoia and yes. actually are doing much more harm than good. Right. Well, I, I have often said that social media is the devil. So you take people who are struggling with these issues and they find like-minded individuals and it just ramps it all up. <laughs> it's it's not healthy to be invested in your echo chamber 24-7. And that's what social media is. And I do it too, even though I, I've done a better job lately of just getting out of that. But if you allow yourself to run down that rabbit hole, you'll find what you're seeking. There's enough other people out there to provide that echo chamber and it's not healthy, mentally health speaking. But speaking of social media... Be sure to follow us on all, on all of our social media. Ours is all fine and good. Yeah, sure. Our social media is If you great. don't follow us, we're going to gang stalk you. We'll right. drive by your house. <laughs> hey, I have an SUV. So do you. Right. And I've got black tinted windows. Ooh. So you can find us on all our, of our social media, our good, wholesome content. Jump out, out and there. ask you for money. <laughs> Jump out and ask you for money. <laughs> At uh, We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Oh, we're on Instagram. God help us all. Anywhere, <laughs> anywhere you can connect, you can find us. All right, guys. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of Gravedigger Radio. And if you like what we're doing and you want to help us keep doing it, support our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Radio. Or if you want to just give us a one-time donation, you can go to our Buy Me A Coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash gravedigger. And also, be sure to drop us a five-star like and a comment on all the streaming services you're listening to us at. Basically, gang stalk us. That's that's the idea. We, we would love it if you did. We would be <laughs> eternally grateful for that. Tune in next time for another spooky tale. <laughs>